0: Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media.
1: This is the third and final part of the vision series then, um, and we're gonna do things just a little different again um, before We Are One next week. So would you please join me in welcoming to the stage Tom and Maria.
0: Good morning. Hello,
1: hello. Good morning. We have... The three of us today are going to um, kick off the, the first part of the third part of the vision series. Um, that <laughs> preach. Um, that makes total sense in my head. So we're going we're to have a conversation. About what's ahead. And now, last week, for those that weren't here, or just to recap, we had a roundtable conversation unpacking the vision at the moment in One Church. Um, and I, does anyone, Tom, do you remember what the vision is? The four steps to it, just
0: to put you on the spot. Create spaces. Number one, disciple people. Number two, raise leaders. Yes. Planters. Let's go, Tom. Come on, yes. yes. Well done. I passed.
1: Top of the class. Um, Maria, I've got some difficult questions for you ahead, so don't relax just yet. So that's what we've been unpacking with one another. Like, What does that mean? Um, And just putting a bit more meat on the bones there. And so last week we spoke about creating spaces for people to encounter Jesus and discipling people to reach their world. So that's what um, we spoke about and we we teased out with Amy, some of the really exciting things about a third service on the horizon, creating more spaces there. Um, That's all all to come. Mm -hmm. And then everyone taking their next steps. We had a good conversation, didn't we, Tom, about the next steps menu. So we are now going to focus today on the final two of those things which is raising leaders and planting churches okay so very exciting um I've been teasing Maria all morning saying the strategy for planting churches is all in her mind she just doesn't know it yet we just need to tease out in this conversation um I, it is a joke Maria so don't, yeah, don't worry thank goodness, we're not worry we are not
2: going I don't know if there's anything there to share it.
1: okay <laughs> um so let me I'll, I'll introduce Maria to the church because there's something really exciting that's happened three weeks ago now, and that was, Maria has become the new youth pastor of One Church Gloucester. So Maria, how's it going so far?
2: uh amazing honestly um god is just and we knew he would show up and cover it and do what he that is on his heart and his will to do and he's totally doing that that like we have uh, a new team so we've had like, so there's been changes that have come with that we've had like what was two teams become one we've had some people leave new people come in so it's a fresh team but god is doing like he's moving amongst that Space, like, there's a heart there in our leaders, to to like minister to our young people and show them God's love. And we're sensing that in the room that like God is in the room. We had like 50, then 60, then 50 young people, so it's it's amazing. Um, and like you can just see the energy, like God is there and He's like like ramping things up. I Brilliant. think like to do something really special and amazing in our young people.
1: So yeah, come before. on, good. Tell me one highlight of the past three weeks for you,
2: leading youth. Oh, my goodness. Um, So I would say, and this is like a broad thing, of like our young people are praying over each other, like the hunger that's come from Thrive. And Nath gave us a really good um, challenge and reminder at Debrief on Friday of like they're they're spiritually awake, like our young people. Like they've had encounters at Thrive um, and we're seeing them outwork that so they're praying over each other. There's faith in the room. There's Brilliant. hunger in Brilliant. the room. Um, they loved worship. They stepped into worship. So it's seeing them starting to take kind of that leadership and that's like stepping in to youth. That is a heart for them. Um, and that's just going to build. Um, but seeing them do that already. Year seven's coming to pray. Come um, and so seeing that and like being able to, um, to cultivate and keep growing what kids have done in their, um, in their kids and capturing that year seven, and we're seeing that, um, and so that is so that, exciting. That's
1: worth stopping on and just yeah. highlighting because on Friday, and this has happened quite consistently, um, the team will often say, "Hey, does anyone want to pray either for the person that's about to preach, um, or just for anything in the night?" And week in, week out, it's our new year sevens that are going. Oh, pray, come on! Um, so so cool. There's all these big, you know, year elevens and six formers there, and they're like, and yeah. and we noticed mm. that is because, yep. at kids, and I notice Emma's on the, fr- on the second row here, mm-hmm. and, and what you guys do in the kids' on kids church, because they know how to pray. Yep. They're, they're taught how to pray. So good. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. And so they're teaching all of us, like, you know, let's be brave with our prayers. Come let's, on. like, speak Come to on. God and declare things. So yeah. that was really great, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah good. Now, I, I've been there for the, you know, youth nights where you've been leading it to try and help bring some coaching and bring my experience. And now you didn't want any of that. Um, <laughs> like,
2: you, That's not true.
1: You didn't use the word redundant, but you kind, of, you kind of just got on with it. Like, can you speak into that a little bit? <laughs>
2: That is not true. <laughs> um, old, um,
1: <laughs> old news. I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: um, no, what Nate's really, really great at is um, kind of like giving us a space but also propelling us forward, and you're there, and like, your presence is so felt by us and our young people, so I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you for turning that into a compliment. I like, threw you under <laughs> the bus. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> good now um we, we want to talk about raising leaders and what that means for us as a church and why we're passionate about it and you've been on something for the past 12 months 10 months like
2: 12 13 12, months. 12
1: 13 months called the leadership pipeline now um not everyone will know what that is so could you explain what firstly what is the leadership pipeline and like what is your experience of that being?
2: Yeah, um, so um, leadership pipeline is like a, basically a course um, that is over eighteen months. Um, so I've been doing it with like in the cohort that Stu and Ruth Alman head up, which has been amazing. Uh, but it goes through different topics, all to do with leadership, um, trying to help us like discuss them as a group, um, come up with things that we'll like practically implement. Uh, but what I've loved is that it's planted in the bible Um, and so like trying to teach and equip us to be able to kind of step into leadership um, and kind of not be like what am I doing Um, but instead to have something that we're drawing upon um, and it's been great like it's been a challenge it 's made me think about stuff that i 've never thought about, who knew how much leadership involved um, but honestly it's been really really great and i've been with a great group of people and hearing it from different perspectives so like different people 's experiences um, so like for example. Like we were talking about on last week about empowering team, and like such good analogies came from people in the room from experience, but also the heart of like what God was talking to them through that. Um, and it's really, really great and stuff that it's like, oh, I need to like watch that again. Let me reflect and see what like I should implement. Um, but again, like I said, like it's planted in the Bible. Like what? How did Jesus lead? Like what is his example? Like how can we do that? What is the reason? What are the fruits of that? Um, and so like I've been like trying to take things and be like, okay, I now need to try to think about how to put this into youth and like the team um but it has fruits um and so yeah it's really really exciting really cool i'd encourage people to do it
1: yeah. Great. wonderful great. yeah good answer maria we're already seeing uh the fruit of that in in how you're leading at the moment which is great question for you tom now we've got this um specified in the vision at the moment we want to raise leaders and um, is that for a, a specific minority um and what would you say if i were to say well i don't feel like a leader tom
0: I would say that it's definitely not for a specific minority, um, that we're all called to lead, because leadership is basically influence, so who are you influencing, and in the life of church, how and where can you influence, we've all got skills and gifts that we can give, Um, so I'd say get involved, don't sit on the fringe, but come alongside the vision and draw in, and there's a place for you, Um, so yes, we are all leaders, and there's a place you can develop in this house.
1: It's good, leadership is influence, it's not necessarily um, can, you, can you hold a microphone or can you like, lead a massive team I, I love that definition, leadership being influence because um, I'm a leader in my family because I like, influence my family, right. Like we can be leaders in the workplaces yep. and I love what you said there Maria about um, how did Jesus do it and so often, he, it was through influence, wasn't it? He True. influenced people. Um, he had the three and then the 12 and then the crowds. Um, but he spent time just influencing and, right. and, and leading in that way, uh, not necessarily creating strategies. But that's for some, but yep. all of us um, can be leaders in that regard. Um, excellent. One, one highlight for you then, Maria. Like, well, last question on the leadership pipeline. What's been a real win? Something that you look at and say, "Yeah, I'm really glad I did it because of this.
2: Can I give, like, a joke answer and then a real answer? Absolutely. So, what <laughs> the Elmers have been doing is they've been doing a snack theme every month. So, it's got, like, really competitive and, and it's really, well, it's not actually that competitive, but it's really fun and really interesting to see what people did. So, we did, like, favourite school lunch snack. Ooh. So we had that. I bought ice gems. I so thought it was a good. That was a good. Really? Shout. Yeah. Ice great. gems was
1: your favourite school lunch snack.
2: Well, I was trying to find fruit winders, but I didn't oh, find them. Oh yes,
1: winders. I remember those. Yeah. They yeah. were banned in my school because people were hitting each other with them. <laughs> 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 it explains a bit, doesn't it? About yeah.
2: Um, but uh, my serious one would be. Um, like a 2 part thing like one like doing this in a a group of people like I feel like there's like you're planted in support and you can back one another in prayer but also like practically as well it's like really great having that Um, but again like the challenge and the grow of like how can we intentionally steward things for God and like his kingdom and his glory um, that like that is so great because that's what we want to do like our heart how can I steward this for you God um, but yeah I think that's been amazing
1: amazing good answer Maria love that um, we are going to pray for and commission Maria today. Um, we need to, to cover her in prayer. Yeah. Like she is um, kicking a hornet's nest by bringing the gospel to this generation. Uh-huh. Um, and we need to pray that like she is surrounded by a great team, yeah. um, pray for absolute wisdom and clarity and anointing, yeah. which you clearly have already, but we're gonna back you as a church today um, and commission you into this role. Is that okay? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Fantastic, so we'll do that in a moment, we'll get some of the team up and we'll pray for you. Um, but there's, there's just a little insight into some of the ways that we're, we're raising leaders in this church, and I love the definition again, Tom brought, it's influence. Mm-hmm. And we wanna create lots of spaces and ways that people can uh, develop in their leadership like through the pipeline but circling it back to just t- taking the next step like what's the next thing that I can do just to grow in my discipleship it's a great way that we can all lean into that idea so thank you Maria um, and when does the pipeline finish
2: oh I think it was like december time is when kind of ours would end around then
1: would end has ended
2: so it hasn't ended yet oh, okay so it's, it's going to end. end sorry yeah, in Decemberish yes. time okay I think my cool. brain was like oh
1: so we'll hear more about that when we get the whole cohort up um, and we'll pray for you and that'll be, that'll be great. Um, wonderful. So, Maria, everyone. Maria, good. Um, We're now going to move on just to to talk about planting churches. So Tom and I are going to have a bit of a um, rapid back and forth just to try and tease out some detail. And I'm going to try and ask him some really hard questions on this. Um, And then um, to to finish this whole series, we're going to get Pastor Amy to come up and she's going to share an amazing word with us um, and just to really bring this into land. Um, So Tom, planting churches is what we're passionate about in this church. We have planted churches in the past. What's the current plan? with planting
0: churches. Amazing, cool. So you guys probably heard of the, the dream to plant a church in Tewkesbury. Um, so let's give a quick update on where we've been in Tewkesbury. So over the last six months, we've had three prayer and praise nights really in Tewkesbury where we've gathered in the town hall just to make a mark and say, look, God, we want to do something here. Um, and then in summer, most people in this room, I think, gathered for a picnic in the park in Tewkesbury. And that caused some splash in the town, which is fantastic. So the plan coming forward is over, over the next season, we're going to start gathering in a coffee shop In Tewkesbury. The idea is is that just to create some chitter chatter amongst the town and splash into the community the love of Jesus. So that's the plan in terms of Tewkesbury. We're not lifting this church up and moving us all to Tewkesbury. It's just an offshoot because we're exploring the possibility of what that could look like. We believe that as a team, God is calling us to plant churches. So until He says no, we're going to keep going. So this is an exploration in Tewkesbury, and the best way to explore is have some fun over a coffee in a coffee shop. So that's pretty cool. Coffee church, I think, amazing.
1: I like it. Good. Now, why, though? Why? You said as a team, we feel we should plant churches until God says not. Why? Why bother?
0: I think there's, there's so many people to reach that are never going to wander into this church. So let's go to them. Uh, and Shukesbury is just down the motorway, easy for us to get to. So let's try there. And while the green light is there, we're going to keep going. So there's people to reach. We need to, we need to connect people to God. And also it gives us a chance to lead in a different way. There's people sat in this room that you're like, oh, I need to fit in somewhere this could be the place that you could excel in terms of Tewkesbury.
1: Love that. And we've said this phrase a few different times, um, but all of us most likely were saved in a church that someone else planted. And had it not been for their obedience to God to step out and do something brave, um, we wouldn't be here today. We certainly wouldn't be in this room today had it not been for Naomi Sherman over 100 years ago uh, that was obedient to God. We told the story in the DNA course last week, and I I love the history of this church, um, but how uh, one young lady heard the call of God, and and he said, if you, she was in Canada at the time, if you come back home to the UK and start a church, I'll heal your sister. Amazing. That's a crazy word, isn't it? So okay she did and god healed her sister and she started a church so our church is built on the foundation of a miracle and obedience Um, and what other stories of faith are ahead of us as we step out in faith and believe there's people to be reached there's miracles to be seen in this community yes and in others around Um, so yeah let's be obedient let's continue in the legacy that we've seen and have and plant other spaces uh, where we can see miracles and see people reached with the gospel Question for you, Tom. I'm asking you about this. Are you the pastor of one church in Tewkesbury? We need to quash this rumour
0: because I've heard that I am. I've, I've heard, heard you are. Yeah.
1: I've not, I've, heard heard Ma- I've not heard
0: Amy is yet. Should we vote Maria is? Maria is the pastor of Tewkesbury, everyone. Yay! Hey! We're going to commit everyone to stand. Let's pray. <laughs> no. Okay.
1: no um, we, we Just deci- imagine if we made decisions that way. <laughs> like, how terrifying would that be? Yeah, okay. that <laughs> how do you feel lot. about that, Maria?
0: I see the fear What's in your eyes, What's on your Maria? heart for Tewkesbury now? <laughs> Um, (laughs) cool we've decided to own Tewksbury as a leadership team so there's not necessarily one pastor at the moment we're just owning it as a team and we'll go where God wants us to go but that means we own it as a house so we're all involved in here there's not necessarily one pastor right now but we're going to own it together as a collective so no I'm not the pastor and neither is Maria
1: okay yeah but maybe one day there we go Mm -hmm. could be speaking to you now the Lord might be Maria okay (laughs) Um, won't it next question for you Tom Um, if we put resources and effort and energy there we don't have an infinite amount of money or resources or people or anything like that won't it deplete the church here aren't we going to be at a loss for planting in Cheeksbury
0: that's, that's a great question um, because the logical answer is it will, but let me tell you why it won't. Um, we've created on the Go Menu an expansion, um, expansion team, um, which is one of our go-outs. And the idea is, is that people in this house that are desperate to serve somewhere um, but don't want to sign your life away to plant somewhere can sign up for a three- or six-month stint in planting church in Tewkesbury. Now, you could be whatever age in, in here. You could, you could want to pray in Tewkesbury. Um, so you can sign up for that team. You could want to lead worship or, or just host a small group. Um, whatever skill you've got, you can register to be part of that expansion team. So it's not about depleting here and lifting everyone up from here. All our teams go to Tewkesbury. It's not about that. It's about individuals in here that are passionate about doing something and planting churches. You can sign up to be part of that. So we, we envisage a handful of people that are desperate to go and plant a church somewhere. And you haven't quite found where you fit here. Why not join the expansion team via the Go menu? Really easy to do, and there's skills available for everyone to get involved. And we're not looking for a specific person. We're looking for a cohort of team with multi-skills yeah. to get involved. So it won't deplete here because we're sending a few to go and get something started. That is the plan.
1: Good. Yeah, good answer, mate. And if, if this were just in our own strength that we're trying to do this and build a little franchise or a little empire, then yeah, it, in theory, it, it depletes us. Um, but it's Jesus that builds his church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it, is what he said. Um, and, and God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Come and on. if we can tap into the, you know, the idea in the message translation of it in, in Proverbs, it says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. That we want to be generous with what God has given us and the time and the resources that He's given us to be able to create more spaces for people to yep. encounter Jesus rather than uh, adopting a scarcity mindset that says, we've got to hold on to what we've got. Yeah. Um, it's just not how God works. Like He's able to do immeasurably more, isn't he, right. than all we ask or imagine. Um, and, and I believe, as we give, and as we're generous, and as we step out in faith, um, yes, Chooksbury, Chooksbury will, be, will be blessed, but so will this house, yeah. and so will Podsmead, um, and so will Canesham, and so will Bristol, yeah. that we will see the benefit as we just step into it and trust God, and believe for the miraculous, yeah, okay. and believe that he's going to provide. Um, I think all our churches are going to grow, and we'll see more people encounter Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Good. Um, last question. Is it, is it just Tewkesbury, or are we, going, are we going further afield?
0: When's the best time to look at putting another space on the map? And that's now. So while we're thinking around Tewkesbury and creating a team that can go and serve there, why not Cheltenham? So it's, our, it's in our team's heart to, to kind of explore Cheltenham too over the next year. So while Tewkesbury's up and running, why not have something in parallel with that in Cheltenham? And we'll see what God does in our communities because there's people in here that can serve in these areas. Let me tell you, there's two people already signed up for the expansion team. How cool is that? So, there's still space for you as we launch these next two locations.
1: Great. And, and we hope this is okay, us kind of just sharing the plan and where we're at. It's not like we've got this really detailed, here is exactly how it's going to look, yep. um, but we're exploring and we want to bring everyone on the journey with us and, and believe that some great things are going to happen. Yep. So, there you have it raising leaders, planting churches. Uh, we believe in God for some incredible things yep. ahead. Amen. Wonderful. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, guys. Um, We're just going to pray for Maria now before I invite Amy up to to share a word. Um, As I said, this is going to be a wonderful adventure that you're on, Maria, Um, undoubtedly with its challenges as well. But you're the right person for the job. God has called you. He's anointed you. uh, And you are going to do some amazing things for his kingdom. And so many young people are going to find Jesus and grow in their discipleship um, because of what God is going to do through you in Jesus' name. So let's stand church. We're going to commission Maria now. Pastor Simon, can you come up and the team on the front. Um, Let's lay hands on her. Um, Just to, to represent praying, you want to stretch out a hand. This can be like you're with her now as we commission you. Yeah, Father, we thank you in this moment for Maria we thank you that you have called her for such a time as this. God, thank you that you have anointed her, appointed her to do something significant for your kingdom in this time. God, thank you that you're going to use her and the wonderful team um, of youth leaders around her to reach this generation for Jesus. God, give her the gifts, give her wisdom, give her a fresh capacity, anointing to be able to do something formidable uh, for the kingdom of God, Lord God. I pray um, that you give her, even in this moment, just new ideas, uh, new insights into. Yeah what to say, what, where to go and God give her courage and bravery to be obedient to you, to step out in faith, to do something new even though she may be scared at times would she trust you unconditionally we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody said Amen, Amen. come on let's put together for Maria um, Excellent
3: Beautiful, you can take your seats My job now is just to try and wrap up our... Three weeks of Vision Sundays, and I've got a thought that I want to share. If you were here last Sunday, I just made a quick reference to a passage in Two Chronicles, and I want to use that this morning as a bit of a springboard just to wrap up. And um, what we're going to do at the end is just almost like set ourselves up ahead of We Are One as well. So if you have a Bible with you, just encourage you to go to Two Chronicles thirty, because what I'll do is I'll just jump a little bit between it. Two Chronicles. 30. And if you don't have one with you, it'll be on the screen for you. So, this is what it says Hezekiah sent word to all Israel and Judah, and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, inviting them to come to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. The king and his officials and the whole assembly in Jerusalem decided to celebrate the Passover in the second month. They had not been able to celebrate it at the regular time because not enough priests had consecrated themselves and the people had not assembled in Jerusalem. So they sent letters out. They invited everybody to come and celebrate Passover with us. A huge crowd responded. And then verse 18 says, although most of the many people who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord, who is good, pardon everyone who sets their heart on seeking God, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even if they're not clean according to the rules of the sanctuary. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people." So, we'll come back to that in a moment. But first, I want to ask you a question. If you can think of a time where you felt unprepared, can you think of a time where you felt unprepared? If you're anything like me, many, many times come to mind. Um, One such example is when me and Nace were in Cape Town. We were going to walk up Table Mountain. It was 30 degrees, I was wearing jeans. and a jumper and Primark boots. So climbing, clambering up this mountain, Nate getting frustrated because I had to stop every 10 minutes or so to sit uh, down. Another time I was really unprepared was in year nine. Um, In our school we we had to do dance from year seven to year nine. Um, Some people are just not made to do dance. And so I was very much one of those. And we were turning up to our dance lesson thought it was going to be a normal lesson, only to discover that it was the performance which we were meant to have prepared. And so I turned up to what I thought was a normal dance lesson, and had to perform our group. Apparently, I don't know how we'd missed it, our group was told, four of us were told weeks and weeks ago that we had to prepare, choreograph a dance that we were going to perform on this day. Um, We had nothing nothing, so literally entered the hall, teacher sat on one end, we went as far the other end as we could, literally so that we could just whisper to each other, right, three, two, one, leap, and then would leap, okay, crouch, three, two, one, spin, and genuinely, it was the most pitiful, pitiful performance you could possibly imagine, but the teacher was like, that was inspired, (laughs) genuinely inspired excellent job you must have worked so hard on it <laughs> so um it was just innate in some of us i guess um but two examples of many that i could list where i felt totally totally unprepared. And I think we'll all be able to think of our own examples. Yours may not involve jazz pants and lycra, but they may be where you prepared Sunday dinner and more people arrived than you thought you were anticipating. It may be where you turned up somewhere and you were completely overdressed or underdressed, or where you were meant to bring something and you didn't, or that moment where you opened the exam paper and wish that you'd have revised. That was Nace's whole experience of GCSEs every time. And I would say it was ge- genuinely, it was. <laughs> um, but we, we will all know what it feels like to be unprepared. And I feel like when it comes to the expansion vision, when it comes to what we're talking about in terms of plans for church, I'll be honest, like I'll admit... I feel really unprepared, like I feel really inadequate when we think about creating spaces for more people to encounter Jesus, when we think about planting more churches for people to discover Jesus, feel totally unqualified, totally unprepared, and you may be sat in this room today almost feeling the same, like you hear this stuff and think, oh, that's great, that's not. that's not for me. Uh, that's great about raising leaders, but I'm, I'm not one of those. I'm not qualified. I'm not ready. I'm not equipped. I'm not that kind of person. And when it comes to whether it's the expansion vision or, or when God's doing stuff in our own lives and maybe asking things of us, sometimes we can feel unprepared. Like, God, I'm not qualified to do that. God, I haven't got the skills. I haven't got the capacity. I'm not able. And we all know what it feels like to be unprepared. But I think the, the main determining factor in that a lot of the time, sometimes it's external things, sometimes we're unprepared because of decisions that have been made or that are out of our control. But a lot of the time, I think our preparation is based on our perception. And what I mean by that is the way that we perceive a situation can determine how we prepare for it so an example was in at the beginning of 2020 before everything shut down i managed to go on a trek to israel it was an amazing trip But we were anticipating, we were told, that it was going to be days of a lot of hiking. It was a trek. So some days we'd be walking like 10K, others 16K, and it was rough terrain. Other days it would be in a really deep valley that was going to be difficult terrain. So people came prepared with waterproofs, walking sticks, walking boots, the whole gear. And bless her, a girl turned up, and she was 18, and she was wearing Primark daps like white Primarch daps. She had not perceived correctly what was required of her and ended up having to throw away her daps like halfway through the trip because they were wrecked. And her perception determined her preparation. She hadn't perceived what was required, so she didn't prepare accordingly. And a lot of the time, our perception can influence how we prepare for something. So when it comes to church... If, for example, we perceive church as an event, then we'll prepare accordingly. If we perceive church as something that we just uh, watch, we'll prepare differently. But if we if we perceive church, if our ecclesiology is that we are part of a body, we'll prepare differently for it. We'll arrive ready. We'll have like a, like we've heard this morning. We'll have a different expectation when we turn up because we have something to contribute, something to engage in. So our perception determines our preparation. It's true in church, it's true in life, it's true in our relationships. But what I felt in preparing for today is that that the key thing that determines our perception, it's, it's our heart. It's our attitude that determines how we perceive something. So our heart is the lens through which we perceive circumstances. We filter everything through our through our own lens if our lens is one of insecurity then we'll filter something through that and decide oh i'm not i'm not equipped i'm not adequate i haven't got what it takes if we filter situations through a victim mentality then we decide Actually, I can't. That's not for me. That's not going to suit me. If we filter things through a lens of negativity or bitterness, it will determine the way that we prepare. Similarly, if we filter things through a heart that is open and responsive and engaged, it will, de- it will completely change the way that we interact with a situation, completely change the way that we engage with a situation. So our heart is key when it comes to preparation because it influences how we perceive, how we, how we view, how we approach everything. And I think we see that reflected in the account that I read at the beginning. So Hezekiah sent out a message to everybody to come and celebrate Passover, come and meet in Jerusalem. And some people responded at the time that they were meant to celebrate Passover um, some people came, others didn 't some decided it wasn 't for them, and those that did show up weren 't ceremonially clean so what that meant was in the in that time laws had to be followed for you to be able to take participate in passover passover was a celebration of when the israelites were freed taken out of egypt taken out of slavery and it was one of the first festivals to be established by god he commanded people to have a party and i feel like christians should have more parties because that's what god does he commands us to celebrate um as a word for the Lord, from the Lord for somebody this morning. Um, but he commanded them to celebrate Passover. But what they had to do, they had to prepare themselves. They had to be ready. They had to follow certain rules so that they could partake in Passover. But what happened in this account was that people turned up and they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They weren't purified, so they couldn't take Passover. But instead of the king saying, right, that's it. We haven't got enough people ready, so we're going to hold off on our plans. We're going to do it next year. Instead, Or instead of him saying, right, you need to do whatever you can to make it possible. You need to purify yourselves however you can. Do whatever it takes. Instead of saying that, Hezekiah does something pretty revolutionary. In verse 18, it says, But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord, who is good, pardon everyone who sets their heart on seeking God the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even if they're not prepared physically, even if they're not clean according to the rules of the sanctuary, may the Lord who is good pardon everyone who sets and that word means prepares, fixes, establishes, makes ready their hearts on seeking God. And in that moment, this is revolutionary. Hezekiah does something that totally contradicts the law. These people weren't prepared. They weren't ready to take Passover. But what he prays is that God, if people have prepared their heart, let that be enough. If people have come with their heart that is ready to seek you, God, let them be accepted let that be enough. Instead of them having to do all of the physical preparations, God, if they've come ready and prepared in their hearts, let that be enough. And we see that God answers and he responds <laughs> and he's so gracious and that works. And all the, prepara- all the preparation that was needed was a heart that sought after God. It was a heart that said, God, I'm going to seek you. It was a heart that made room for him, that was prepared for him. And for me, that is a foretaste of what Jesus came to do. Because in that moment, it was totally, totally contrary to what the law said. The law said that if you were going to partake in this, if you are going to be made right with God, you need to do this, 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 this. And you can't do this, 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 this. You need to make yourself ready. But Jesus came so that we only have to believe We don't have to do anything before he accepts us. We don't have to make ourselves ready before we can come to him. But it is on our heart alone, our belief alone, faith alone. Ephesians 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Romans 10 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So Jesus came to completely revolutionize, fulfill the law. So it's no longer about our works. It's no longer about our performance. It's no longer about our ability. It's no longer about how equipped we are physically. It's about our heart. It's about the posture of our heart. If we would humble ourselves, if we would believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, that is enough. And you're accepted. You're made ready. You're prepared. That's all you need. It's about the preparation of our heart. And the way that we can prepare as a people... For what God wants to do, not just in church, but also for church, but the way that we prepare for what God wants to do in our lives as individuals as well as corporately, is to have a heart that seeks him. We prepare ourselves by having a heart that seeks after him, that places him first. And the beautiful thing about that then is that regardless of what happens, our heart is ready so regardless of what circumstances come against us, we're ready because our heart is ready. Because Jesus is our priority. So it means that if we, uh, if we have cause to be offended by somebody... We don't get offended because our heart's seeking after God, first and foremost. It means that if something comes at us that we weren't expecting, our heart is ready because he's got it, and we seek him first and foremost. It means that we're not equipped because of what we've done or what we do, but because our heart is set on seeking after him. Because without that, everything is um, it's, just, its just empty... This expansion vision is just rhetoric. Without a heart that seeks after him, it's just some fancy wording. Without a heart that seeks after him, serving is just duty. And it's all going to be empty. It may look great from the outside, but it will be empty unless we have hearts that seek after him, that make room for him, that are ready for him. And so my challenge at the end of all of these Vision Sundays is, are you prepared? Is your heart prepared for what God is about to do? Is your heart prepared for what he wants to do in and through you? In the Philippines, we do mission trips there um, every year or so and we go and visit a little island that's on the biggest lake in the Philippines and in this lake it's been overrun by water lilies these water lilies were introduced they weren't natural they were introduced to try and help Um, with fishing and all sorts but they have caused so many issues for the locals there because what happens is that these lilies have just grown and grown and grown and they block all of the docks so these people that live on the island the only way that they can get to the mainland the only way that they can get to work is to get through the lake but the lilies swamp the docks and a lot of the time at certain points in the year the boats aren't able to even Get out, and there are awful stories of people that were taken ill but they couldn't get to the hospital because the lilies had just blocked their route in and out of the island. And so, you've seen this firsthand how difficult it could be. But when I was praying for us this morning, that picture came to mind because I think for some of us, it's almost like if you look out at like the horizon of your life at the moment, if you look at the landscape of your life at the moment, it's like it's cluttered with all sorts of different things. And just like the docks where these boats are, are cluttered by water lilies and it stops things from moving in and out, there'll be some of us in the room and there are things in our lives that have just cluttered up the flow of what God wants to do in and out of our hearts. So there's a verse in the Bible that says, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Everything that you do flows from it. But for some of us in the room, I felt like that's become cluttered, blocked by disappointment, or blocked by hurt, blocked by bitterness, blocked by insecurity. And there's, like, there's not a clear route In or out. This morning I believe that God sees you. And he knows. And he knows where that's legitimate. He knows where you've had cause to be disappointed. He knows where you've had cause to be hurt. He knows. And he wants to help clear this morning. He wants to send like a fresh wind that just blows a clear path through. Because the amazing thing with these lilies is that they're not rooted in anything. It's all on the surface. So a wind will come and it will just blow a path through. If the wind is in the right direction, the dock clears completely and the boats are able to move. And this morning I, I believe that God just wants to breathe fresh and clear out some of the debris in our hearts. Clear out a path so that we're able to receive what he wants to do in our lives. We're able to do what he's asking of us to do so at the end of this morning can I ask that we stand together let's take a moment just in your own space just time between you and God now Just invite you, God, to breathe afresh on us. God, would you breathe a fresh wind in us where there are areas of our heart that have become blocked by bitterness or pain, have been blocked by hurt and disappointment, have been blocked by the circumstances that we've had to battle through. God, I pray a fresh wind over your church. I pray a fresh wind over our hearts this morning. Jesus, that would clear out the debris, that would clear out the things that are in the way of what you want to do. And I pray for a clear path. God, for people this week that haven't heard your voice in a long time, I pray that they would hear your voice clearly for the first time in a long time. God, for those that haven't felt your presence in a long time, we pray, God, that they would have a fresh touch of your presence this week. God, Where there has been um, where there's been a hardness of heart we pray that there would be sensitivity this week god would you prepare our hearts for what you want to do in and through us god would you make us ready help us to create space help us to create room jesus so that we can receive everything that you want to do in and through us we pray in jesus name amen amen